Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said called What to Do When Strangers Are Mean to You on the Internet. Bum, bum. <laughs> this morning I woke up to 83 new emails. Uh, I take Wednesdays off to go to the beach and then I go ahead and sort through, okay, these are the emails that, um, that are from actual humans, not any sort of automation or subscription list. And there were 83 of them. Now, just the odds of this are fairly high uh, when this sort of thing happens, that there's going to be something that is not particularly the most um, pleasant, lovely, or wonderful. Um, that's kind of how it works. So I want to talk about what to do when strangers are mean to you on the internet. Um, I'm obviously not a master of this. I'm not motherfucking Beyonce, but uh, it's going to happen, and somehow it's easier to talk about um, I think it might be easier to talk about with someone like me because I'm not a big giant celebrity. And so you're like, you assume that that comes with celebrity. People are going to be assholes. They're going to be trolls. They're going to be all these things, but it might surprise you when you're like, I'm not a big deal. I don't have a following of millions and this is happening. So if this helps you to navigate those particular waters, awesome. First, the very first thing to do when a stranger is mean to you on the internet, um, especially if they've sent you an email message, which is awfully nice of them, <laughs> is to not immediately try to gloss over it. Prevailing wisdom is um, they're an internet troll, they don't matter, their voice doesn't matter, their opinion is stupid, and uh, they're really terrible. And that might be true, but... The way that you feel as a result of reading their message or whatever it is does matter because it is true that um, that something has gotten to you. Something about them has gotten to you. Hold on while I turn the air conditioner off because it's going to annoy me. Okay. So something about them has gotten to you. Something that they said, regardless of whether it's true or not, that doesn't matter. Somebody calls you like a douche pig, McFat asshole. Um... It doesn't actually matter if that's true or not. It still hurts. And if you try to gloss over the hurt, it just has to go down and live in you instead of, hey, that hurts. I can intellectually understand that that's not true. This, is, this may or may not be random. But my body is still reacting as if I'm being attacked because in some way I am. And if I let this move through me, it's going to be unpleasant, but it will dissipate pretty quickly. And if I save it and store it, I'm going to push it down and it's going to become bitterness that turns against all of humanity in a matter of minutes. 
right? So we go from this one person is an asshole to all people are assholes in no time at all if you don't just sort of breathe through it. And I'm not talking about you've made some sort of cataclysmic mistake, made some sort of horrible racist comment, and then there are hundreds of messages. I'm talking about the sort of one-off that's like, really? Really? This is, really? This, oh, okay. All right. This is, okay. Um, that's what I'm talking about. So the first thing is to not gloss over it. If possible, you can give language to what's happening in your body. When I get um, hate mail, and when I get well-meaning hate mail, which might even be worse, and we'll talk about that, uh, my breath quickens. Like, there is no deep, calm, yogi-like breathing. It's all in my chest. It's all... And it's not. It might not be that fast, but it's that sort of feeling. Like, I don't... I stop breathing anywhere past my heart. I don't have any connection to the rest of my body. Um, my solar plexus, which is right above the belly button, feels like swirly and sometimes stabby. My shoulders hunch uh, as if to protect my heart. There's, there's no good posture. There's like hunch your shoulders and then just try and have your shoulders eat your ears because they're hungry. That's what happens physically. Um, I feel sort of a shooting numbness through my legs. And, um, and that's not, that's what happens in my body. And sometimes that's anger. And sometimes all those things can result from some other thing happening outside the world. So if I can just label those and practice being in my body, i.e. the long journey to the body, one of my favorite podcast episodes ever, go look it up. Um, I feel better, but I'm not glossing over it. There is still all the rage. And so what do you do with all the rage? One, you can express it to a human that you adore, a safe space. You don't have to write it down, especially. You can journal about it if that feels safer. You can call someone. You can text someone. You can have a conversation with someone. And you can say, I don't need a solution. This is going to pass. I just need to say all the bad things that are in my heart right now. <laughs> because the difference between thinking, I want to stab the person that sent this to me, and actually stabbing the person is often the ability to process it, get it out, have it healthily expressed, and then you don't have to go and stab them because it doesn't become a hard nugget of hate that lives in you. It's just like, this is happening and this is going through me. Cool. Um, so you feel it. And the thing is that if it's well-meaning, it might actually be worse because if someone says compliment, compliment, horrible fucking statement that breaks your whole fucking day, compliment, you're somehow like, well, what they said, nice things. They said this and they said this. And then there's the horrible thing that broke my day. And then they said this. And so you're like, why am I so upset? What does this have to do with me? I need to get over this. You don't have to get over it. You do have to process it. But if getting over it means that you don't process it, then please don't get over it. So uh, I'm not going to tell you about the comment today. It's not important. It was way... The thing is that it was like 20% truth, 80% uh, passive-aggressive jab, right? So the trouble is that if I can take out the 20% truth and process the 80% jab, I can actually improve my work. But if I only listen to the 80% jab, I'm going to become a, a much worse, more hateful person. And if I take the 20% that's good and pretend the 80% jab didn't happen, my life's going to go awry, right? So we're, we're walking the balance between, okay, I'm going to have to breathe into this and separate this is what's actually true. Um, this is actually a good point. And all this shit just needs to go. This is, no, no, this needs to go. This is not my stuff to deal with or to work with. 
Okay. So if it's well-meaning, it actually might hurt more because you can't just dismiss it, delete it, or get rid of it. You might have to actually go through it line by line and find the parts that are true. And that is far harder than doing the thing that's like, yeah, no, you're stupid. You're an idiot. I don't have to listen to you. So if it's well-meaning, read it, take a break, do all of the feeling in your body away from social media, right? Away from the parts of you that will just express the anger into the world. Find your safe person, breathe through it, label what's going on, all those things that you desperately don't want to do, and then you can reread it and you can find the well-meaning part if there is one. And if this person has just sent you an email that's like, you're an asshole, I don't respect you, your work is terrible, die, that's a delete, okay? Don't think that your work is terrible is the good statement in there. <laughs> like, no, that's just, that's a delete. You do not have to respond to hate commentary ever. You do not have to respond to well-meaning commentary if it's unsolicited, So if you solicit feedback on X and someone gives you feedback on X, even if you don't like what they have to hear, you do have to respond because you asked for it. If you didn't ask for it, you don't have to respond to it. That's the rule. Further, and this is only a lecture for me to listen to as I process some things, um, there is your work and there is what other people think of your work and you only have control over your work. Once it's into the world, you have no control over how people react to it. You can make your website beautiful. You can make it align with how you would like them to react to it. You can try and use music and movement and all sorts of crazy ways to to make people think a certain thing about you and what you're doing, but you ultimately can't control it. It's possible that someone will see your work, and I think it's the most beautiful, wonderful thing in the whole world, and someone else will see it and be like, that's stupid and terrible. He has no talent. She's really stupid. This is really dumb. You don't get to control that. You only get to keep making your work. And when you get valid criticism, like that's truly valid, you can take it in. And when you solicit criticism, it's actually easier to take criticism from strangers. But you don't, you don't get to control it. And hiding, which is the instinct when this sort of thing happens, uh, my first instinct when I get hate mail is to be like, no, fuck it, fuck it. I'm going to work at Starbucks. I will make lattes and frappuccinos and I will contribute to obesity in America via drinks that have 53 grams of sugar in them and I will pump people full of corporate coffee and it'll be fine because fuck all these people and the trouble with that instinct is that it's a knee-jerk reaction and that it ignores all the people that have supported me over the years the people that I've helped the people that have stayed with me the people that are in it the people that are all about this thing that I do and the people that are very quietly lending their support to me and that have been for years and years and years. So to let one comment or one email or one message of hate ruin your work that you've been doing for years and years and that so many people benefit from, even if you can't see them, because sometimes it's the people that you don't see that have your back, To let one person ruin that with some sort of stupid comment or two stupid comments or three stupid comments is is a waste of your talent in the world. So you're going to want to hide and you don't have to hide, right? You You can sit with the feeling of like, I want to delete everything. I can tell you right now, I want to delete everything I've ever done and go work at Starbucks. And I'm telling you in the safe space of that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. That doesn't mean that I'm going to just delete everything and find a different way to make a living by virtue of becoming a world-famous barista. I'm just expressing it 
And that is a very common one. You will have a fantasy. It is very common. And that fantasy will come up when these sorts of things happen. Your fantasy might be to quit your job because fuck it. Your fantasy might be to go get a job because fuck it. If you have a nine to five, you want to quit it. If you don't have a nine to five, you want to get one, right? The grass is always greener. And that's probably going to be one of your two instincts. But you can sit with that. You can acknowledge it. And you can be like, okay, this is what happens. This is the fantasy that pops up whenever this sort of thing happens. And I can sit with this and I don't have to take action. I don't have to do anything that will hurt my business or my work for the long term during this short term feeling. You can sit with that. Okay. But hiding won't help. Hiding just means that you don't deal with it. You don't confront it. You shove it down, you push it down and you hope that no one will notice you. I don't hope that no one will notice me. I hope that they will notice And that they will be nicer with their commentary when they notice something that I'm not doing right. (laughs) Like, because the thing is that you can deliver a message with love around it and you can deliver a message with hate around it, but it's the same core message of truth. And you can deliver almost anything with love. Like, hey, you're an addict and uh, we're going to get you some help because this is not going well. Or you're an addict ergo you're a fucking loser and you need to get the fuck out of my house right now because nothing that you say or do means a thing to me ever again right like you can take a message of truth and wrap it in love and wrap it in hate and when you get one that's wrapped in hate it's a lot harder to work with um but when you get one that's wrapped in love it's it's hard to know how to handle it and this is how I handle it just so you know that that when there's a little bit of well-meaning in there and then there's a whole bunch of gross You're going to have to go through the well-meaning and the gross instead of just discarding the whole thing. When you hide, it kills your soul and you still get critique, which is the worst part, that you can't avoid being judged. You can't avoid getting these sorts of messages. You can't avoid um, having people have opinions about your work. You just can't. If it is in any capacity visible to even one person, you are opening yourself to judgment. But if you shut yourself down completely, then you're also shutting down your soul and your, your big work in the world and people critique you like, oh, she's just, she doesn't do anything now. I mean, she, doesn't, she used to do things now. She doesn't do anything. So hiding seems like a solution, but it isn't. And hiding seems like a really good choice. And it might be for like two or three days if that, if it's a real terrible thing that's happened. Um, but it isn't a solution for a lifetime. Hiding can't be your solution. So, then we come back to what the fuck do you do? Here's what I do. I feel the things in my body and I label them as they're happening. I ask, was this solicited? Okay, in this case it was not solicited, so it bears less weight automatically because I didn't ask for feedback. Um, I ask if this person is on my one-by-one-inch piece of paper that has the names of the people whose opinion I will take even if it's uncomfortable and terrible. Okay, this person is not on that one-by-one-inch piece of paper, which Brene Brown suggests making. You just get a one-by-one-inch piece of paper, and you write the name of everyone whose opinion actually matters to you. I need, like, a quarter-by-quarter-inch piece of paper. (laughs) You might think, oh, my God, how would I possibly fit them in there? That's the point. You can't fit 400 people on a one-by-one-inch piece of paper. You have to get really specific with this person's opinion matters to me. And if this person says I'm off base, I'm actually off base. And then I ask, will this matter in a year? And if 
this is not like if you have something like defamation or a lawsuit or someone is going on a giant campaign against you, then yes, this will matter in a year. That's going to require a different course of action. In the vast majority of cases, this is probably not going to matter in a year. This is a one-off. This is a thing that happened. And so we keep breathing. We keep this in perspective. And if there's any good feedback, we take it. Otherwise, we can delete the whole message, delete the comment, ignore the email, um, ignore the text, whatever it is, block the person if necessary. You don't have to take this into your body, but you do have to feel whatever it's caused. Because once it's reached you, you're going to feel it. And if you pretend you're not feeling it, you're only hurting yourself. Right? And then from there... You want to prevent this turning into what Elizabeth Gilbert calls a mental cigarette. And what that means is um, she'll describe like any time that nothing is really wrong, like she's in a place of peace, there's the ocean, it's the beach, it's wonderful, it's lovely. She'll pull out these things that she regrets or these hateful things people have said to her or these comments that still live in her and she'll just like, almost like a cigarette, like just let them run through her mind and you have to it's not that you can prevent the, the making of them because it seems like your brain just does that automatically. Like, remember this time when you were eight? You were a moron when you were eight. Here's what you did. But you can acknowledge, hey, that's a pattern. That's a mental cigarette. That's one of the things that I pull up when I don't have anything better to pull up in order to engage asshole brain. And I don't have to participate in that. So it's very possible that this comment will turn into a mental cigarette or this email or this critique, Right. But you don't have to engage with it when it comes up. You don't have to wonder if, uh, if what that person said is actually true. What if you are a bad person? What if you are an asshole? What if your work doesn't matter? What if you... You don't have to let that happen. You don't have to let that particular impulse take over. So you probably can't stop asshole brain from making the mental cigarette, but you can stop yourself from smoking it during times when you are still. And again, that's Elizabeth Gilbert's concept, not mine. I don't remember if that came from a book of hers or from seeing her at a workshop in person. So I can't point you in any further direction. I've given you what I've got of that concept. And then um, you, uh, you might never get this person on board. In fact, you probably don't want to at this point. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that you're a failure, that you're doing it wrong, or that your work doesn't matter. It just means that you've got a person that is not 100% aligned with what you're doing in the world. And don't we all? So that's everybody. Everybody in the whole world. Even the people that you're like, how could they have haters? How could anybody be opposed to what they're saying? Every single person in the whole world has people that judge them, that don't like them, that think their work is stupid, that, uh, that don't enjoy their company, and that generally don't want to be in the presence of that person. You are not an exception to every single person in the whole world. Unfortunately, that includes you. And sometimes that means that it's going to feel personal, and it is. And sometimes that means it's going to feel personal, and it's just a general spewing of hatred by another human who's having some trouble or having a bad day, or having a bad life. <laughs> and it's easier to push things onto you than to deal with them themselves. The other thing you can do is to take those feelings, those uh, whatever happens when someone sends you just hate, or even not hate, just like the nugget of truth with the gross around it, you can use that as fuel. 
So this immediately was like, oh, I am going to make a podcast about this. And I specifically didn't mention a damn thing that was said because the point is not this particular incident. The point is this happens. If you have any measure of visibility in the world, you have one fan, it's over, man. They can critique you. You're open to critique. That's going to happen. And it's okay that it happens, but you can use it as fuel. You can delete the message. You can move on, but you're going to have to feel some things first. And I just want to make a space for feeling them and for letting them move through your body without causing you permanent damage. So whatever it is that's happened, especially if you're listening to this right after something's happened and you're like, I remember she had a podcast about this. Just breathe as deeply as you can. I know that sounds really stupid and terrible, but instead of being up in your head, I want you to descend into your body and just feel. Feel your toes. Feel your knees. Feel your pelvis. Feel your solar plexus. And just label what's going on in each one of those things. It might be hot or cold or stinging or burning or just like a rush of sensation. And then feel what's happening in your heart. You're probably going to have some walls up just instinctively, particularly if this has just happened. So you can let those walls relax. They've done their job. And you can put those walls up again if you have to talk to this person again. But for now, with me, you can let them down. You can let them relax. And then feel across your chest and do your best to, instead of hunching forward, stand straight up or even arch back a little bit. Yeah, this is what happens when you have an open heart. This is what happens when you make stuff. This is what happens when you put work in the world. People have opinions. And you don't have to shut down because of them. You don't have to give up. You don't have to take what they've said personally. You don't have to bear those insults on your being for the rest of your life. You can just keep breathing. You can let the walls down. And you can say again, okay, okay, I'm here. Cool, let's do this. And then feel in your throat. It probably constricts anytime anything is said that is not 100% positive. Notice the constricting, and then see if you can get your throat to relax. Play with, I'm going to keep speaking, even when people don't like it. Play with, I'm going to keep being myself, even when people don't like it. And tilt your head back. You can hear that I've tilted mine back. And just breathe all the way through your toes with your throat completely open. doesn't have to be a big deal. It can be a big deal, but it doesn't have to be. And then keep breathing. Your body is feeling things, but you don't have to make them into more than they are. Your right toe is tingling. That doesn't mean that your life is over. Your right toe is tingling. We can keep this in perspective. May you know... um, the pleasure that comes of being a bigger person and not turning 
a hate ball that's been hit into your court, you, you don't ever have to return that serve. May you know the particular pleasure that comes of not returning the serve. May you be brave enough to go into your body and feel what it is you're feeling when these sorts of things happen. May you be brave enough to resist the impulse to hide and hide and hide and hide and hide. May you resist the impulse to keep your soul buried under 6 to 12 inches of dust because it's easier that way, or it seems easier that way. May you know exactly who it is that you value in the world. And may you know exactly whose opinions actually matter. And may you be incredible at tuning out the rest of the noise, should the need come for it. May you keep making your work with an open heart and with the entirety of your voice coming into expression. And may your inbox be perpetually full of good news and praise and not nuggets of shit wrapped in a little bit of love. Thank you so much for listening. There are still tickets for Brave available. That's at kristenkelp.com slash brave. The cutoff is August 1st for those puppies. Uh, So you'll be getting emails from me. Uh, But it's a lot easier for me if you just buy it now. You know you're coming, just buy it now. Um, And um, yeah, this is another way to be brave, to fucking feel the things. I know it sucks. I know it's terrible. But it's only terrible momentarily. And then we move on and we get through and uh, we keep being awesome unicorn-like humans. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening, friend. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine, while quietly, or not so quietly, scream-sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now, and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now, and that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.